everybody. Welcome to Law School in Brief. I'm Lydia and with me is Megan. And for those of you who can hear the banging happening in the background, uh, I hate to even call attention to it, but my husband <laughs> is currently rifling around uh, directly underneath me in the crawl space uh, of our house. So I apologize for any crappy, uh, crappy listening quality, but um, Lydia and I are going to be throwing it back to the first episode today a couple times. So I thought, you know, in the first episode, we had all this airport noise. <laughs> and so maybe for this episode, it would only be appropriate if I had, you know, crawl space banging noises. I love your long explanation of that because I can't hear any banging. But maybe, oh, maybe, maybe I'll hear it, <laughs> depending on how hard he's banging. Hmm. Mm. Well, yes, we will be addressing some of those thoughts, those premonitions we had about law school, reflecting on our questions, our innocent questions and our concerns and and time traveling kind of. Yeah, I mean, ourselves. we so our very first episode of Law School in Brief was recorded on August 7th of last year. And Whoa. it's I know. <laughs> 10 years ago, August 7th. <laughs> um, yeah, this has been a hell of a year, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But in, in it, Lydia and I um, talked about what we thought law school was going to be like and the predictions that we had and the questions that we hoped to answer. And we actually both listened back to that episode this last week. And I think... Uh, that we are able to answer some of those questions and we're definitely able to tell you what, if any of the predictions came true. Yes. <laughs> should we, should we like catch up a little bit about our weeks before we launch into that? Like, I like it. I like the structure. Feels, yeah. Like feels right. What's what's up? Did you get your property grade? Did you oh. hear about moot court? What's new? Oh, goodness. Yes. So I did get my grades back this last week. And um, I had the best trimester I've had yet. So yes. yeah, so all the sweating I did over my property grade uh, was for nothing, which <laughs> I kind of figured it would be, but I would, you know, you have to brace yourself for the bad news, but prepare yourself to celebrate the good news. But, mm. um, yeah, I, you know, my, my grades, I think reflected my, my understanding. Um, however, nice. there is also that part of me that's like, yeah, you know, this really good trimester was probably just a complete fluke. Um, you know, and I'd kind of talked about this in previous episodes, but I was really concerned about how any grades that we were to receive this trimester weren't going to be true reflections of our understanding and knowledge because of the um, extraordinary circumstances that we'd found ourselves in. You know, having to pivot to an online platform, having to learn from home in a very distractionful environment mm. um and then you know against the backdrop of covid and um everything happening like with black lives matter and like you know the presidential election coming i mean it's just a lot there's a lot going on so mm. i had i was kind of setting myself up to i hate to, to not to fail but to like feel okay with whatever grades i got i was going to mm -hmm. be easy on myself but now i'm like well, I got really good grades and I, I can't help but think maybe that's just because, you know, I'm still being weighted against my classmates who might not have been in ideal circumstances to learn, mm. you know, so it does, the victory feels a little hollow, oh. but I am going to celebrate. Yeah. 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 You, I mean, when you take the being compared against your classmates element out of it, which we should take that element out Abolish of the curve. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> yes. Then I think it still re reflects that you understand the material because, you know, you wouldn't have gotten great grades if you didn't understand the material, regardless of what other people are doing. So I'm proud of you. Well, thanks, buddy. I, I'm proud of me, too. I, I feel good about it. Feeling really good about it. 
Yes. Um, but only one other substantive update. We got an email from our dean this last week talking about what school was going to look like in the fall. And as of right now, Elon is going to be doing a hybrid model. So half the students are going to be physically in a classroom at a time, while the other half are taking that class in real time but remotely, and then um, flip-flopping. So that way people can maintain a physical distance when they're in the classroom, and you know, but they also get the benefit of having like in-person lectures. Um, How often are you flip-flopping? This sounds incredibly chaotic. I know, doesn't it? So I just have so many practical questions about how this is going to work. And I'm sure that they'll all be answered in time. I don't have an answer to your question right now. I don't know how how frequent the flip-flopping is going to be. And I also understand that we're not allowed to, like, use the library or sit in the Mm. commons because of social distancing, which I understand. But... Then you know, why I can be in person in class. Exactly. I have four classes. Like, Here's my thing. Like, I can only yeah. speak for myself, but, you know, I live five miles away from school and I, like, will be riding my bike because we only have one car in this family and one of us can arrive somewhere sweaty and the other one <laughs> doesn't have a job, <clears throat> me. So <laughs> I'm the sweaty one. That's just how that works. Um, but, you know, so so I'm I'm enrolled in four classes, and if I'm gonna be you know on one day off another, and I'm not allowed to hang out in the commons, I'm imagining a scenario where like maybe I'm supposed to be in physical class at 9 a.m. and then again at 3 p.m. But what am I doing for <laughs> for the the gap time there? I'm not gonna ride my bike home and then ride my bike back to school. It's like 20 Jeez. miles of round trip bike riding. So yeah. Yeah, we're no. we got some stuff to figure out, but um, I'm just taking it one day at a time because I, I it, if I may be so bold as to make a prediction, yeah, I predict that school will be fully online in the fall. Yeah, that yes. is my prediction, especially given the the way COVID um just can like the you know case by day continues to grow, and North Carolina is one of the states where you know, they're seeing a rapid increase in cases per day. So I just, I think they would be foolish uh, to have people coming to school physically. I just can't imagine. Can't imagine. Yeah. Well, um, I just hope they don't do that. Or if, I mean, they've got to just give students the option. If they already have the infrastructure to do online classes and they're half the students are in half or out or whatever, People need to be able to opt out. They can't be required to just like come into class every other day or whatever. Yeah. I don't like that for health reasons, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Our school, WashU has not uh, made a decision yet. uh, Really? About, yeah. Our, the, we got a very cryptic email that said that the campus would be open not, I don't think the library is going to be open, but like there's certain areas that are open for us to like study and learn. And that verb seems to imply that like there will be in-person class, but they didn't say that there would be in-person class. Um, so obviously I emailed and asked <laughs> and they, they said they don't know yet. And also the grading is not decided yet. Um, and really, I've written, I've written a very strongly worded email to the deans about that as as many people have wait tell i i want to hear your thoughts on this okay my thoughts are if there are if there's a hybrid model where some people are coming in person and other people are staying home like depending on what they choose then we shouldn't be great on the curve because the people who choose to come in are people who either have that luxury due to their innate like health their immune system strength or their recklessness about other people's health. And I don't think either of those should be like rewarded above other students. This is on the assumption that in-person class is superior to online class and that they're not perfectly equal. Cause if they were perfectly equal, that would, 
you know, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But I think it's like obvious that in-person class is superior. So if there's just certain people coming in class and other people can't or are choosing not to come into class, like they have a worse chance at getting a good grade. And so those people shouldn't be compared to each other, but they could be graded with not on the curve, like not on a forced curve or like not graded again this semester. Our dean seemed to say that they didn't know of any school that wasn't going back to their original grading system. And WashU seems to follow other schools instead of leading the way, but that's okay. Um, so the way they could keep grades, which would be, I'm using air quotes and don't even have a word <laughs> in my mind. Whatever I want to say is cheeky, though. Uh, but like, however, they want to like appease employers who want those grades. Employers want to see two semesters worth of grades, which is why our on-campus interviewing has been pushed to January instead of the end of summer, like it usually is. So it would be a huge hit if we didn't have those grades. If you care about employment over fucking public health then that's a huge concern. And I'm like, that just shouldn't not be what we prioritize right now. Like we have one semester of grades, we have summer internships, we have other stuff, we have extracurriculars, like that should be enough to get an internship second year. Like, right. Please. I mean, I completely agree. I just have to empathize with anybody who had less than stellar grades their first semester though yeah. and then they're yeah. just like yeah, no, shit right. man I've, I've been stuck with these grades as the only thing I can hold up to people to prove that I am a decent yeah. law student for a year um, yeah or the opt-in system or, or something or grading not on a curve or I'm not sure or but, maybe, um, maybe employers normalizing pr normalizing weighing somebody's letters of recommendation over transcripts like yeah I'm trying to imagine, you know, maybe, maybe professors really go out of their way to like write good letters of rec for students that they feel are deserving of those letters of rec in place of, you know, a letter grade. Yeah, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it? Gosh, <laughs> I should be an employer. I would, <laughs> I, I would just have the most radical hiring policies. That's right. Bring me well, your... C plus average students, and I will take them based on character alone. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Well, my my arguments aren't that great when everyone's online, which seems like it could be the case for like classes. Like if they open up campus for people to hang out and like study and like learn, but on their own, and you're doing classes at home, then the school would say we are justified in greeting people on a curve because, you know, people have more control over their home conditions. They can, we've given them enough notice to move to a place that's quieter or something like that. Yeah. Not that that's true because they haven't decided yet, but they could try to make that argument. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'll update you when we hear, but I don't like your, I don't like this switch, switch model. Yeah. The switch, switch. is weird. Switchy switch. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> no, no. We like uniformity. <laughs> I'm just going to like, look, as if I could continue learning the law, Boralis, I am going to take that option. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to be at home this entire time. Yes. These are yeah. my thoughts. These are my feelings. Hello, potential yeah. employers. I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just think we should be online for literally the reason that we decided to go online in the spring. Right. Because Agreed. nothing has changed. Things have just gotten worse <laughs> in the United States. Yeah. Um, so my updates are not as exciting as yours. Lows include different emotional breakdowns because of things uh, related to the pandemic and related to life and politics and... Crying just is getting in the way of me being a badass. And, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out how to balance everything. But it's just a low to spend time. Crying. Emotional breakdowns. High would be some huge thunderstorms. Um, they're just they're just awesome. 
to watch. I mean, that's my high. And, oh, I've done some exploring with Billy. We went to a new park in St. Louis, Lafayette Park. It's very cute. And then the Cahokia Mounds, which are right over the border in Illinois. So it feels more like summer break to be going to, like, new places. Yeah. Um, It also felt, like, relatively productive with my internship. It kind of took me a while (laughs) to get into the groove of this, like, online remote internship and like I'm feeling okay about that um so yeah that's my update these are good updates it must be great it must be just like so nice to have a loaner car the car access is 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 making all the difference Alec shout out shout out to Alec who's the best Alec (laughs) car access thank you Uh, yes um i was watching completely unrelated god why am i even bringing this up should i backtrack and not bring it up Mm -hmm. now i'm bringing it up okay (laughs) so i was watching um the netflix show unsolved mysteries yesterday okay very good very good don't watch it alone in the dark at night though very (laughs) scary um but there was an episode that takes place in like pretty much along the Missouri-Arkansas border um, in the Ozarks, and it made me think of you and how we, at one point a few months ago, talked about, <laughs> LOL, uh, if it was cool to travel in the summer, we should, like, go to the Ozarks for the weekend. Yeah. And I just think that we probably won't be doing that anytime soon. So maybe we yeah. should mark our calendar for 2021, and I'll see you when I'm in my 30s. <laughs> well, yeah, well. I want to yeah. go at some point. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, that seems like a low, but uh, what else do you have <laughs> for me, Lydia? I don't really have any other updates. Oh, okay. For the week. Yeah. Um, aside from adventuring and watching thunderstorms and crying. That's pretty much it. You know what? It doesn't <laughs> sound half bad. Could be way oh. worse. Yeah, could be way worse. Oh, well. I've been eating good food. Um, yes. You know, healthy, so. Good, healthy food. Oh, um, so I've been pretty much sticking. Well, yeah, like I've been really eating a lot more vegetarian food uh, per oh, yeah. your recipes. And I had a couple of recipes I wanted to share with you. But I'll do that. Oh, okay. It's very exciting. Oh. Okay. One of them is called like... a Buddha bowl. So Yum. make sure to I want to buckle eat it. your seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you like quinoa. I do. Very good. You're gonna love this then. <laughs> but enough about our Buddha bowls. I think maybe we should get to the no pun intended meat of the episode. What say ye? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about uh, episode one. What we knew, what we didn't know. (laughs) Um, hmm, where to begin? Well, I, yeah, I I know uh, the basic structure of that episode was, you know, why did we decide to go to law school? What were our hopes and fears and our, like, predictions? And so maybe we could talk about, like, are we still in it for the same reason? Are we, we... Were our fears well-founded? Do we have new fears? Were we excited about the right things? Did our predictions come true? Mm. Well, that's a, that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot, sorry. That's a lot right there. Um, <laughs> I would say, generally, I'm still in it for the same reasons. Um, and Lydia, actually, when I listened back to episode one, uh, you had said something oh my gosh what was it you said something along the lines of like you want to learn how power is created and transferred and moved around and you thought that obtaining a law degree would help you do that and Mm -hmm. I completely agree with that now I think like if you want to know how people get power and how they hold it like law school is a good way to do that um, very much, very much so. Um, I have not found that in my 
law school career. I think you have to really read between the lines. Like, I don't think law legal education is going to explain it for you. I mean, you might agree with me on that. Like, you might be also like reading between the lines, but no, you know what? That's a good, that's a good point. Like the black letter of law is only mildly helpful in figuring out who, how people hold power and pass it around. Um, but I mean, just being in law school, I feel like my privilege has been underscored, highlighted, circled, like <laughs> uh, post-it noted in the book of my life because I just, I look around and I realize like even being here is such a privilege. And like now that I understand the way that like the government works, or at least I like now way more so understand the way that like local governments work and how laws are created and passed. Um, I feel like I'm rambling, but I like, I see how being able to go to law school or like any sort of like graduate education, any graduate program that typically churns out people who make a lot of money, like just how inaccessible that education is, is, and I believe I'm stealing words that you used like many episodes ago, but like a gatekeeping mechanism. Um, yeah. Oh, like interesting. So you've been, you've been reflecting on like, power in in that way oh man i'm rambling too but well, i i'm still interested in power of like the most elite and what mm -hmm. i've been reading between the lines of different court opinions is just how different um judges and other people who you know are are using the law but you know we only read appellate cases so it's like these judges are just twisting. They're just finding any logical hold, any previous court cases and the things that they do with words and like, and logic are horrifying sometimes, you know, some of yeah. those old court cases that you read and you're like, well, you have strung this together logically, but you have forgotten how to be a human being. And like, you just right. see this replicate over and over because of stare decisis and stuff. And so, they don't, we didn't talk about, like Cass talked about this in our episode about white supremacy, but like we didn't talk about race in con law or mm. in criminal law or, or anything like that. So they're not going to be the ones to like teach you about, to, to spell it out for you. But when you're reading the cases, like I do think it is, you're just like, you're evaluating like what people are doing, what what judges are doing, but you're talking about what institutions are doing, which is, which is true too. I've been noticing that. Right. Like it, exactly to your point, I look around at my classmates and I'm like, these are going to be the people that are making more money than like the average American, like everyone in this room, essentially, you know, if they graduate has so many legs up on like so many other people in this world mm. and I look around and I just see like a sea of like white faces for the most part and like with I, I mean I, I'm not even going to pretend to know the politics of even a sliver of my classmates but I'm kind of like wow shit <laughs> uh, I kind of see like classism in action right now like it's happening right now um and it's mm -hmm. just, yeah, and the, the institution of the law school doesn't really address that. There's not like an orientation, a segment of orientation on like how to actually be an impactful lawyer. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, and this is super just anecdotal, but um, I went to uh, like a gathering last weekend. Um, there was a group in Greensboro who is painting Black Lives Matter on the street in downtown. And I just want, I was volunteering for the day and uh, I was chatting with a few of my classmates who are in the black law students association. And one of them said that, you know, it's really like the, the, um, the board of that group is constantly in flux because at the end of the one L year, like at least last year, uh, a significant, portion of the students who were on the board got academically dismissed Ugh. 
And I'm kind of like, hmm, you know, this is me just complete. This is conjecture. But I'm like, that's interesting to me because we know that like black people are just as smart as white people. But why is it that like they would be more likely to be academically dismissed? It's like, hmm, I wonder if there's some systemic racism happening. (laughs) Hmm, Maybe we should like look at why like black students are on average you know, being academically dismissed more often than white students. And I don't know that that's necessarily true. Again, this is anecdotal information, but it did definitely stick in my mind. It's very concerning. I mean, I'm still like shocked that your school (laughs) kicks out a certain percentage of people at the end of 1L and that's the stakes there are so terrifying. But yeah, and the institution needs to be... Like if that if there's ever a discrepancy like that, they need to be like asking themselves, why is that? Are we not providing the right support to our students? Right. Um, yeah. There was that meme that was like, <laughs> you might have seen this one. It was like institutions saying that they don't stand behind institutionalized racism, and you're like, you are the institutionalized <laughs> racism, honey. Like, <laughs> look in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're an institution. Um, what well, were we talking about? Oh, we were, we're just talking about? about what we thought it was going to be like. <laughs> oh, okay. I was I was particularly harping on the the thing that you had asked or said oh, in the, the power first thing. right. Like, how, I wonder if we're going to figure out how power begets power, and I guess the answer is mm-hmm. yes and no. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I still am glad to be in like an intellectual environment. I I think maybe the classes that we take going forward now that we're kind of done with the required classes, Mm -hmm. maybe we can learn more about more about that. We can actually dig into it. Yeah. And so I haven't given up on that. And I still like I had I think I had said like I want I'm looking forward to having a little bit of time to be a student and be an intellectual but then come out of it with like a professional degree that I can like make use of and be valuable to other people. And that's kind of why I decided against like a master's or a PhD, because it's like you come out of that, maybe you can get a job in academia, but you probably can't. And so I still am feeling like very good about being back in school, like getting a professional degree. What about you? Yeah, I feel, I I absolutely feel the same way. Um, I do like, it, it is hard for me to to picture actually graduating and like getting a job that I uh, am passionate about because in, <laughs> I mean, seriously, in this like little side project I've been doing um, that I've talked about on the podcast where I'm kind of chatting with people who are using their JDs in non-traditional ways, virtually every single one of them, actually not for every single one of them has said to me some variation of when you graduate, just buckle down for like three to five years and work the the high paying soul sucking job so that you can pay down your debts as much as possible and then go do the work that you are passionate about um so yeah like this idea that i had (laughs) that i was going to go to law school and come out and you know work for some ngo uh right off the bat is kind of it, it has dwindled since since August, I, I think now I've, I am kind of like resigning myself to, you know, at least a few years of some really steady, decently well-paying. And by that, I mean like over, you know, $60,000 a year, which is not a lot of money with a law degree, but it's, yeah. it would be, it would make me and my family comfortable. Um, You're still in the realm of like maybe doing something at least morally neutral, maybe morally good, but you have not yeah. at that level of income necessarily sold, sold out. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, I, I think f- f- sitting here in 2020, like a year later, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I'm probably going to have to sell out for a little bit because all of these really reasonable professional people who I look up to, who I think do amazing work, did that. And they're all telling me to do that. <laughs> so I'm not saying it's 100%, but I'm saying it's it's more likely than not. Interesting. What about yeah. you? Um, 
I'm still not sure what my, <laughs> you know, first job out will look like. Um, I have not gotten much closer to studying the thing I want to study. I feel like I was very distracted this year um, trying to play the game, even though I <laughs> said I wasn't going to, but damn it, I did. But here we are playing um, the game. But I will in just nine days begin my summer class where I will just be learning about what I want to learn about. And I feel good now that I'm on like a secondary journal that I, that, that gives me like um, a little bit easier of a shot at publishing. And so if I can use that, like a lot of people on these, on journals will write a note or that's what they're called. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, you know, an article about whatever you want to write about. And that's a great opportunity. I think if I can start during the summer class doing some of that heavy research so that I don't have to start that during the semester, then I can kind of get a head start on just studying something I care about um, because it doesn't seem like I'm going to get that from classes or from mentor professors or from jobs or from <laughs> anything. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe that's me saying that now. We'll see once once I get through this class because I might I might piece some things together there that yeah. I was hoping to piece together during the year. Well, so uh, going back to episode one, um, mm -hmm. we did talk a lot about what our fears were. Um, and I, I remember that I was feeling really afraid of failing, just completely failing. Um, did you ever have I that same great fear? grades? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. But I mean, honestly, I, I feared failure up until last up until shoot what's today friday yeah i was i was afraid of failure <laughs> as recently as this last sunday so, oh, <laughs> so oh i mean gosh. now i like now i know for sure for sure for sure i think i just one l was like really really emotionally and mentally hard for so many reasons i don't think i've ever spent more time feeling anxious or mm. like um yeah, a anxious and depressed. Uh, mm. I think every time I've said that to somebody, you know, one on one or a law student rather, one on one, they've echoed that sentiment, mm -hmm. um, which I think is really telling. <laughs> it's like, hey, do you just like randomly cry and feel like an imposter <laughs> and like run through scenarios in your head where you fail and you disappoint everybody that you ever have known or loved and all oh the people that gosh. were cheering for you are now like trying to console you and thinking, wow, I really misjudged that one. And they're like, yeah, oh my God, you too, same, whoa. <laughs> Maybe it's time to rewrite the culture of 1L law because holy shit, that shouldn't be a norm. I know. I don't think I feared failing. I was like, if, I don't know, you know, and I thought like, I'll at least get like a C minus or like whatever the lowest is without failing. Like, I don't think I ever feared failing, but if you're considering like doing worse than you usually do, if that's what you mean by failing, like not failing out, but just like really underperforming, I definitely had those kinds of fears just yeah I just don't really like get law school <laughs> like why this is uh, this is I was gonna save this but you know what this is the right time to say this here we go dig my in baby main thought about 1L my most succinct thing I can say about 1L is like I just don't feel like I learned anything semicolon <laughs> just kidding I don't know how to use a semicolon um but I do like when I read like a contract or when I read like a legal thing or hear something about legal news I understand it now better so it's kind of like yeah. language immersion but taught in a really shitty 19th century way when mm -hmm. language immersion has become like a beautiful pedagogy like with Duolingo and Pimsleur and like you know, there's all these like ways to learn languages. Why aren't we learning from that? Like, why aren't there multimedia thing? Whatever. Uh, I don't need to go into that rant, but I do somehow 
feel like I have like progressed, but I just, I don't understand why we have to read hundreds of pages of cases every day. Yeah. Like that, or, or why, or why the final is worth a hundred percent of your grade in most yeah. classes. Yeah. Why? That is, it's just so, so unfair. Yeah. So I, I, I did feel very anxious about all that because by the end of class, when it's coming up to that one final, like for contracts, that was the one that I was like, I could bomb this. I mean, and then I did that and then that was my best grade, but which I've said before, but I really thought like, I don't, I don't think I know anything. I think I will fail, not fail, (laughs) but I think I will do very poorly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, law the, the pedagogy of law school is so different from just any anything else it's unlike any learning i've ever done and to your point lydia it i don't think i've learned anything really right i mean i feel like i've gotten like i've finally figured out how to be the robot that they want you to be yeah that's yeah. really how i feel i'm like oh okay like so i just have to fall in line and say all the magic words in the correct order and you'll give me an a great thanks like right. that doesn't mean <laughs> shit about what i know or how i can apply this or be creative in any way but mm-hmm. i am hopeful that now that all of the core courses are done for the most part i i still have to take con law but Mm. i am hopeful that now that i know what i know i can start taking classes that are interesting and i can write papers that are interesting um and have my grade be on like papers that i work on for the whole trimester that's super fun to me yeah it's yeah i think I'm, i'm not ready to like give up on in law school but yeah I, I I imagine that that fear will still kind of be there um that fear of like underperforming in classes that I'm passionate about it's almost a more intense kind of anxiety for me because if it's something I actually care about and I actually want to do well in then I have that internal pressure not just the external pressure of like you mm. got to get a good grade to, to get a job for your summer internship whatever um, I almost don't care how I did in certain classes because I'm like, whatever. I don't want you to <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> right. Um, so I think that fear will remain. Um, and I, my fear that was related to that was I just thought I was going to be really bored from reading so much boring text. That was a well-founded year. I, I, I cannot, I cannot sit down for hours and like read in a, in a meaningful way, read, like uh, retain, understand Yeah, hundreds of pages of cases every night. And so luckily I have, I have access to a software that will read the text to me. Um, and when I'm moving around and listening to that, if I'm like cooking something mindlessly while I'm listening, um, or something like that, or just doing something with my hands, then it's much easier for me to pay attention. But I just, I did not, I had that vision at the the end of the first episode where I was like, I'm going to be in the beautiful library reading boring text and then going to the sauna and then having chocolate milk. And that's kind of what happened in the beginning. I did try to do that. I tried to stay on campus and just like power through. I know you're really good at that, but I ended up just like going back to my apartment and like listening to stuff out loud so they could move around. And I'm okay with that. Were you bored? Did you feel bored? <laughs> yeah, I was super, super bored. Um, but you know what? The things that really stick out in my mind about just the, th- the hundreds of pages of reading are like how it took a physical toll on me. How like by right. winter trimester, I had like gained 20 pounds and a hunchback. <laughs> like I was like... <laughs> Pleased to say that quarantine has done wonders to remedy both of those things <laughs> because <laughs> now I can like go outside and do like my day is it lacks structure now um, or rather I get to kind of make up my own structure now. Mm-hmm. And so every day includes like a, a lot more outdoor time and less hunching. But, yeah. you know, I will say um, sort of just on a physical level, 
my it it did get easier for me to read that much at like in one sitting um nice. but it be, it got a lot easier when i figured out how to be comfortable doing it so like getting the standing desk um which can convert to a sitting desk and like has all these like gadgets and doodads to like you know hold your book up or tilt your computer screen i got blue light glasses absolutely um, there you go you know i got a a, a a book stand. Um, I invested in a bed of nails. <laughs> so, yes. so it's like all of these little like physical hacks actually made the second half of my one L year so much more just physically comfortable. Um, and for me, that's a big thing because if I have tight shoulders, like I'm in a bad mood and if I'm in a bad mood, I don't want to read. Um, it just really helped. Yeah. That's an amazing takeaway. Honestly, it's hard to hear like advice from upperclassmen, I think sometimes, and like really like take it because you don't know yet or you, you know, at least it was for me. It was like, okay, someone can say this thing, but I have to learn it for myself. But the yeah. thing you just said is like, anybody could and should do that. Get the book stand, get the like, get yourself comfortable. Like that yeah. is a thing that you can like actually take as advice. I think totally be so bossy, but y'all listening, just do it. But also, <laughs> I've never heard of anybody who got a book stand in law school and was like, "This doesn't do shit." Like, I right. think everybody gets it, and they're like, "How did I go so long without this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highly people highly brought him to class. I didn't think it was nerdy. If you're embarrassed about it, just don't be. It's fine. Also, if you're in law school, you're a nerd. Like, just, yeah, that's right. you are. Like, <laughs> hello, welcome to the club. <laughs> um, oh, I remember something else I was scared about. Ooh. I was scared about who I would be, like, as a person without having a social life, because that's such a big part of my life. Oh, And L I was like, who am I going to be? But then I ended up having, like, something of a social life with other law students, which worked because we all kind of had the same constraints on us. So no one was expecting me to work out. I mean, not work out, LOL, meet up <laughs> right before finals. And no one was, you know, bugging me for anything before a big memo was due. But there was that once a week bar review and hanging out with people to study. And I did feel like I had some social life that is not pandemic related so y'all who are going into 1L now that will not be relevant but you know in the future yeah don't freak out too much about social life because it's there there's people who want to go out and meet up yeah yeah you'll find you'll find your folks mm -hmm. you will find your folks I don't I can't remember if I worried about that or not I think I did mm -hmm. not um but interestingly I felt closer to my classmates and my cohort mates when the pandemic hit and we went online. Really? Yeah, it was like something about the distance made me feel way more love toward people. Like I was <laughs> That sounds um, like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> wow, no, it really does sound that way. That is not what I meant. Um okay. <laughs> Well, for some people it is what I I do mean it that way, but but for most people, um it was like removing the Here's what it is. It just, the commons often to me felt like, you know, the high school cafeteria revamped. It was very, like very clicky. People were like doing their own, you know, like groups mm. formed very quickly. And I'm like, man, I don't want to be in a group like this. That kind of sucks. Um, you know, <laughs> my one yeah. law school friend. Well, I shouldn't say that. I have a few, but yeah. like, you know, shout out <laughs> to Brittany. Brittany, like, never hung out at school mm -hmm. so like we'd sit together in class and then she'd pee so it was kind of a loner mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but then once covid hit everybody had to be a loner and uh nice. i think that i just thrive on an online platform <laughs> maybe <laughs> um that's great yeah yeah it is so hard to to say though what what the future is going to look like like i you know how are we to give one L's advice? Cause I think that they're going to begin law school um, online. Really? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been incredibly impressed by the incoming one L's at Wash U. They're already part of the like organizing movements here. How like, do you have contact you. with them? 
Girl, we got we got our connects. We got our connects. What? They all like, have a group me. Like We've got connects like... in the group me. Okay. Yeah. And like, well, you know, all it takes is one person who knows someone who's coming in to to say, hey, can you post this? And um, yeah, they showed up. We had a meeting with the dean about um, trying to get police off of campus, and just Ooh. they showed up. It was awesome. I'm, I'm chills just thinking about it. They're they're active, man. It's cool. And didn't you say in the last episode, or maybe it was the one before, that you know in previous years, WashU hadn't had like a big activisty vibe, but in this last year, your class was being complimented as having kind of brought or re like brought back the yeah, energy. That's, that's kind of what Cass was saying, and you know if that's true, that would be pretty awesome. I don't think. You can take full credit for it, but like, yeah, it's cool. They're joining in. You love to see yeah. it. You love yeah. to see it. So um, I'm glad about that. I mean, I did feel like it was not very activisty earlier on. That was one of my gripes, but that wasn't actually something I was scared about in the first episode. I think I assumed that. Well, if people care about the law, they care about changing the law. That is not true, necessarily. A lot of people Ooh. are there to get the money. A lot mm. of them are big, big-time big rule followers. Love the rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Remember how scared I was about the classes all being Socratic? Yes. Yeah. So that was not a, a well-founded fear. I, I was assuming that when people said that law school was followed the Socratic method that they meant the pure Socratic, like students lead the conversation through their questions and teachers don't answer them. They just say, what do you think? And then it's like a student discussion and the teacher takes a back seat. That is not what happens. Thank God. <laughs> it's the teacher trying to pull information out of the students. If they don't get the information right, the teacher provides the correct information. Sometimes there's some class discussion, but usually there's not. So I, am happy about that watch that change now that we're two l's watch it be more like student driven um but mm. i i still feel the same way i did last year like i want the expert to like make sure that we have the right information and like right. i don't want to hear from people who don't know what they're talking about unless yeah, they're I, asking I, like good questions that just haven't been addressed yet i i completely agree and there were more than a few times in my one l year when the professor would, you know, be talking, 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 and then like start to move on to the next topic. And I would be that person who raised their hand and was like, wait, but what was, what is the rule? Like you have to <laughs> like, yeah, I know you're going to test me on this later. I've been around the block. I need you to, to write on the whiteboard what the rule is yes, because right. I spent all night reading these texts and trying to guess. And then you just said something out loud, but you didn't give it to me straight. So <laughs> Um, yeah, I would say to any, anybody, I would, I wish I could say to, to pre one L Megan, just demand things like, you know, don't Ooh, be, don't yeah. be nervous. Don't be nervous. There's no point in being nervous. Everybody's nervous. Um, if you just get comfortable, the quicker you can get comfortable, the better really. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, so I remember if we're ready to move on to things we were excited about. Mm. Um, and this feels very different now too, but I was really in episode one, just going on about how I was excited about the structure of law school and how I was going to be spending yeah. my time very intentionally, um, <laughs> which is hilarious now uh, because the, the structure of it is something that I clung to. Um, and then it was just completely blown up by COVID. Uh, um, and uh, I will say that I, I do love a good routine. I do love a good routine. And, and law school provided that for me. Um, but I think I put way too much, way too much weight on the routine. And I learned throughout the year that the routine isn't what made me successful. It was how I navigated around like needing to learn the information and then having my life and then learning the information. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like, 
you know, they did a really good job in August term last year of drilling into our brains, you know, the, the need for this highly structured routine and you have to be super organized and you have to have your days planned down to the minute. Remember that episode where I had like, where I had written down yes. everything I did all day and I figured out that I, <laughs> I was awake for 15 hours of the day and I was doing schoolwork for 10 of them. Yeah. Like that's, that's not healthy. Stupid. Don't yeah, do no. that. Don't do yeah. that. <laughs> um, you know, they're going to show you how to calendar your day so that you know exactly when you can take a pee break, but don't do that to yourself. <laughs> I really wish that I had spent less time on that particular aspect of law school because it is so tempting mm. to get sucked in and just want to be like the good little law student <laughs> who will be praised by the professor. I'm imagining just like, you know, like the dean, like petting a good law student like like they're like a great <laughs> lap dog <laughs> but, you know what I mean? you're not yeah. a show dog you're a person like live your life yeah. you know like break plans you make with yourself because sometimes you have to um and you'll you'll feel better for it so yeah. that's my that's my rant about the structure of law school gosh darn I it that. i forgot you were so excited about having structure yeah <laughs> i what was I excited about? Uh, I was excited about my classmates and that was correct to be excited about because they're lovely. And then I talked a lot about the gym. Um, and that was correct as well. The gym is amazing. I miss it. Uh, not that I went there that much to work out, but those massage chairs were incredible. Mm. Um, remember I left that one class cause I just was crying randomly and oh, yeah. then I went to the massage chair for a couple sessions i hogged it for a little while it was great in the sauna mm. i never never had the chocolate milk there because of that weird they stopped giving it away at 3 p.m or something i just never made it work um but i don't think i had any like anything as as serious as you about what i was excited about I'm just excited to be a student again and i am glad too i i think i'm excited about that not excited, but I'm glad for that for a different reason of just, you know, I was a receptionist at a law firm before this and I, I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't be able to do that remotely. I just wouldn't have a job right now. That would be really yeah. scary. And so I'm just glad to be a student right now. Me too. Me too. Yeah. This is a great time to be a student. Yeah. However, I think it would be kind of a crappy time to be an incoming 1L personally. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I do think about that. I'm like, man, if we had delayed our decision to, to, to do this one year, do you think you, this is a great, do you think you would have, you would have jumped in if you knew that your one L year was at least half going to be online? Well, it's tricky because like by the time, by the spring, when I would have heard things would have been, we would have already known about. I mean, assuming that I didn't know when I was applying and then I found out it would be online once I got in. That's the assumption, right? Yeah. Not that I would choose to go to law school online, but okay. So I think I would have really wanted to defer a year and be wait to be in person. And then I would have just looked at the financial reality and thought, like, I can't. What would I do for a whole year? Um, so I guess I would have gone. It's hard to imagine, like, having the luxury to defer, but... Um, I know some people who are deferring and uh, I mean, you can make sense to me, but there might be people who are just like ready to get on with their lives and stuff. And I think it's hard to know what you're missing if you haven't done law school yet. Like you might think, whatever, I'm just going to be studying anyways and not really like appreciate the, the different social aspects and how much better it is to learn when you're like around other people and mm -hmm. stuff sometimes so I don't know yeah. what about you I mean so my my scenario was was different than yours um <clears throat> I mean if again if it was like we applied without knowing it was going to be online got in and then was told it was online um I probably wouldn't have gone and mm -hmm. but like 
I honestly, if that were if that were happening with me, I would have just moved to Milwaukee so that Adam didn't have to up so that we both didn't have to uproot our lives and move to North Carolina. Yeah. And yeah. I would have spent that year probably retaking the LSAT. <laughs> honestly. Mm. <laughs> um, just like you know, if I wasn't doing anything else, it's like, well, this is now is as good a time as any to fully dedicate myself to studying for the LSAT for the third time. Um, Whoa, I wonder if the LSAT scores are going to, I'm doing a thumbs up finger that's moving, like go up, like, yeah, with people having more study time. I, I, I also wonder if they're able to administer the LSAT right now. Well, there's the LSAT flex that's online, but oh. I don't think will do that forever. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to do an experimental section and you don't have to do one other section either. It's like abbreviated. Oh my God. Oh my God. Then yes, that's absolutely what I would be doing <laughs> right now. I, in fact, I should probably start studying for the LSAT again now just no, to like, you know. Megan, no, no, I can't go back. I can't go back. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I would have done. But again, everybody's circumstances are completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Like there, there would be no point in me moving to North Carolina to course, do online yeah. school. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there were there were a couple questions that I also asked in that episode that aren't reflection questions. They were just genuine questions I had about the law. Mm. Let's and see if we can answer them. Maybe we can answer them. Okay. One was, I was talking about how I didn't know my rights with my landlord. And... <gasps> I was like, how do you find out what the law is? And I still don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't know. I do not know how to find that. They do not make it easy. I still am not sure like where exactly to check. My go-to now that I'm a student would be to ask a research librarian or a professor. Um, I still don't feel like I have the tools to like find answers to legal questions on my own. Hmm. What about you? Um, I feel maybe just a notch more confident than you do in that. Mm. Um, maybe particularly with this question, because I very recently was looking up what my rights with my landlord were. Um, but you know, I'm thinking to myself, if I didn't have a legal education and I wanted to know what my rights as a tenant were, I would probably hop on Google. And mm-hmm. within 15 minutes, I could probably find, as with like a layperson's knowledge, the exact same information that I would find with like this specialized law knowledge. Um, <laughs> the only difference being, now that I have this legal education, I think it would take me a fraction, a sliver of the amount of time to decode it than it would have as mm. a lay person. So, you know, whereas like you, before... Where did you find? Like, where did you search? Like, state law, local law? like Yeah, I'd probably... Uh, I'd probably go, like, like, North Carolina tenant rights and then try to, like, you know, go from there um, mm. and find something. But, like, you know, this might sound stupid, but... I, before law school, I don't know that I could have easily been like, okay, well, this this actually doesn't sound stupid. Before law school, I had no idea what an implied warranty of habitability was. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. I also, even in, even in your lease, you know, you see something that's like, oh, the landlord is responsible for maintaining all fixtures. Right. As yeah. a layperson, you're like, what? Okay. Lighting I fixtures? Okay. I think I know what a fixture is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? I mean, I'm still just pissed about this, the law. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, I didn't really understand stare decisis and we have a whole episode about that. I shan't go into it, but it's like, I just thought that there were a set of laws and there just are not a set of laws. That's just not the right way to think about what the law is. So I just thought that there was somewhere was written like what your rights are as a tenant and how to enforce them. And it's just not that easy. No. <laughs> yeah. Not at um, all. But okay. So I'm glad that you have 
gotten a little better at that, I will continue to try to answer that question. Maybe for next year's episode like this, <laughs> I'll be able to answer it. Oh my gosh. Find can out you, what the law is. <laughs> can you even wrap your head around this year's or next year's episode recapping no. this year? No. Once I said it, I started sweating. Oh I, don't my know, I don't know what that means. God. <laughs> <laughs> also think about like, okay, one year, one year from now, I will be like four months away from graduation. Dude. What? That's wild. That's so wild. I can't even, I can't even. I asked, okay, I asked one, one more genuine question that I think I know the answer to now. Okay. In episode one, I asked, how do attorneys like help people who can't pay them because attorneys like so many of them are making like a ton of money and some of them are, but some of them are working like at nonprofits and I guess they're getting paid by the nonprofit. But, um, you know, if I am an attorney, I don't know why I'm explaining this question. The question stands, (laughs) how do attorneys help people who can't pay? Um, so I learned different ways about this that I hadn't realized. I mean, there are nonprofits, they can't fill everybody's, needs but there are you know some for example like if you're an asylum seeker you you might be able to like work with a legal organization that specifically helps people file for asylum and get other kinds of like immigration needs met um there's also attorneys in big law firms who will take on individual clients pro bono and they'll sometimes work with the legal organizations too like there's a synergy there and then some cases can be conditioned like the payment to the lawyer can be conditioned on like winning in court Mm -hmm. yeah um and like lawyers can also get paid like from like the settlement or or whatever so that's interesting to me i hadn't really thought about that um you know what i is that like a a pro bono or like a nonprofit isn't really going to take you on but maybe an attorney will take you on and like promise that you'll only pay when you win. I I also I'm sorry to have almost interrupted you, but oh, I was rambling. I like this. This truly feels stupid, but I always just assumed that people who have judgments against them for like monetary damages always paid that. <laughs> like you know, when you have those cases where it's like, yeah, you know. Uh, judgment in favor of the plaintiff like defendant owes them a hundred thousand dollars for emotional damages or something i always was right. like Ooh, man that's gonna take you a while to pay back but it's like so many times you never see a dime of that money you never uh, see that money because uh, obviously people don't have money to pay like if you simply don't have the money like the judgment mm-hmm. might be against you but like your victim, the person who you're having to pay, might never see anything from them, oh, from that judgment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or it goes to legal fees and then you don't, you know, get hardly anything or right. something like that. Right, right. Yeah, so it's word wild. to the wise. If you're going to sue, make it worth it. Word to the wise. I'm doing the poly hand motion from Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> How far into the Sopranos are you now? I'm on season six A. I guess there's two season sixes. I'm confused about that, but I'm on the first season six. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, I, know. I feel like That's we should long. watch it. I think that we should watch an episode together, pre- plus pre- oh. press play at the same time and scream yeah. at the same time. Oh my gosh, we should totally do that. That'd be yeah. fun. Um, I'll tell you how to download Netflix Party off the air. It's very fun. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, th- I think that that's all I had. I did ask myself in the first episode if I had the mind to be a lawyer. Um, and, and what you I want to say, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I just want to press back against the idea that there is such a thing. Ooh. I think that like, I think that, yes, yeah, certain people might be better at lawyering in the classic sense but honestly if you can read write and are like dedicated enough to studying i think you can go to law school 
Um, Mm. and, and before I went to law school, I kind of conflated the two of those ideas, but truly, I, I really think if you, if you set your mind to it and you are literate, you can, you can go to law school. Um, and that anybody who thinks that, you know, their voice isn't like strong enough to be a lawyer, uh, should just banish that thought from their brain because there's so much more you can do. There's so much more you can do. Um, and so much of law is research and writing. It's actually a very, very few lawyers are the people that you think of when you think of a lawyer. Um, you know, those like strong Atticus Finch types who are litigating. Um, yeah, there, there's the, <laughs> there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. Yeah. 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 Well said. That seems like a great way to end. All right. Unless you got anything else. I got nothing else. I'm, I'm, so I, I know that this is not a visual platform, so I'm going to paint this picture, but um, <laughs> I am wearing white, flowy white pants. They kind of yes. make me look like a bit of a cult leader. Um, <laughs> and like a tank top, and I have my sunglasses within arm's reach, and it's 95 degrees outside, and I smell wow. barbecue. So I. <laughs> It is time to go because I am ready to <laughs> to to dig into some Fourth of July food. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, um... <laughs> you're like I I am slinking back into my air conditioned apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh well, Megan. Here's to another year, and listeners, thanks for sticking with us for so long. Yeah, thanks, listeners, and and cheers to any. Any and all of you who are considering this or just listening for fun, and especially to my friend Lydia, one year down. Yes. All All right, right, bud. Cheers. Cheers. Talk to you later.